Welcome everyone to another week of Investors Gallery. So um, everyone who sees the behind the scenes on Facebook, thank you for watching. Um, and for everyone in all the different countries listening on the podcast and YouTube and Facebook and all the other people that are listening. So before we get into it, I want to tell our new audience um, who has not seen or heard the podcast who I am, what we do, and, and why we came up with this thing. So my name is Presley. I am half of Dimensional Capital Partners. We are a multifamily syndication and investment group, um, as well as developers here in Houston, Texas. We invest and develop all over, though. And I created an investor's gallery to be a vehicle or median, to be a place where individuals who were curious about real estate, about funds, about anything that is, uh, let's say, high net worth um, in that realm, they can come on, have a conversation with people like you, Satch, and ask you questions live um, or get your comments. So I really wanted a place where, you know, somebody who's thinking about getting into real estate or if I have somebody on for, uh, I don't know, crypto, they can talk to some somebody live. So Investors Gallery is um, shot in my home and the art gallery that I built. So this is the office side, the art gallery is on the other side. So man, that's, that's pretty much the basic, that's where we came from. And, and that's why we're here at investors gallery. So that's you're one of the, am I pronouncing your name, right? Yeah. 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 You got it, man. Satch. Um, my sister's nickname is Satch. Uh, her, her name is Satchiko. So I was like, man, I hope I'm not just, just crossing them. Um, but Seth, you're one of the people that I've, I've wanted to do the, a podcast with. Uh, I wouldn't say the longest, but probably the most excited about because we share a common interest and we'll go into that a little bit later. But welcome to the show. Tell us about yourself and how did you get into real estate? Thanks. Uh, thank you, President, for having me. And um, I love your setup, man. I love to thank see you. the gallery. Uh, maybe after the show is over, you can give me a, a, a tour. A tour. <laughs> um but yeah, man, the story, um, I think we connected because we both are interested in aviation, right? Yes. And um, so I, I started flying when I was 18. Um, I knew since I was a little boy that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, right. I wanted to be an airline pilot. And I pursued my dream. I became a pilot, started flying when I was 18. At 21, I joined the airlines. And um, I thought that was it, man. You know, I thought I was doing it. And a couple of years into it, I quickly realized I did not like being gone too much, uh, which you sort of already know that that's the job, right? But you don't really actually know what it's like until you're doing it. And uh, I still love flying, but I figure, hey, if I can find a way to cut back on the flying that I'm doing every month and just stay, be home, I can, if I can find something else to compensate with uh, for my income, then I can drop some of my trips and not be gone as much, right? And um, I don't know if, how much you know about that, but in the airlines, is uh, you can drop all your trips if you want to. You're just not going to get paid, right? Uh, so uh, to me, I was like, oh, this is the perfect time to uh, find something else to do on the side that can compensate for my income. Um, I always gravitated to real estate. I, I knew I, never, I did not want to be a real estate agent. My wife was actually a real estate agent at the time. And I saw her, how much she drove around uh, looking at houses, people around, right? So uh, that did not attract me, but I love the investing side of it. So I stumbled upon wholesaling and, and house flipping. So that was my intro into real estate. In 2018, that's when I started going into 
uh, wholesaling and house flipping. And uh, very quickly, the income from that started uh, being enough to where I was just dropping all my trips. And it was funny story, man. Some months I would like fly zero, like absolutely nothing. And uh, I owe money to the airline because they were paying for my insurance. And oh, wow. <laughs> usually they will deduct a portion from your paycheck, right? And because yeah. uh, I was making zero, I had, they will send me a, an invoice saying, hey, you owe us money, um, and which I would say I was happy to pay it, you know, because I was like, hey, you guys, uh, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying life. I'm enjoying the lifestyle that I have. And I kept growing that business. And then in 2020, uh, when the pandemic happened, my airline shut down. And so to me, it was like, Meh, okay, well, then what's is done, right? Like, did not affect me as much just because I had the real estate going. Uh, but I, this is, I'm plugging in where like my mission comes in right here because I realized how many of my coworkers uh, weren't able to get another job right now uh, because not only did we shut down, but also nobody else was hiring. So that was my opportunity to say, hey, you know what? I could probably help a lot of pilots uh, do what I was doing and help them get invested in real estate or get started. Um, I'm always giving advice on like how to start flipping houses. I, like I don't have a coaching course or anything like that. You know, I just I just tell people like my experience on things and hopefully it helps them. Um, so that's how I started in this journey, man, of um, uh, placing capital in uh, multifamily deals. Was it a, a difficult transition? into flying and going into real estate yes and <laughs> and uh that's one of the things that i tell a lot of pilots that want to get started and um the, the 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 main difference is is you know how much work it takes to go and, and find a deal on the right deals uh talk to sellers talk to brokers um it, it's, it's a lot of work and it requires a lot of skills that it takes a lot of time to learn so I tell people all the time, like, if you're not in it for the long run, like, don't even bother going, doing it, you know, like just partner, partner with someone like, you don't have to partner with me, but partner with someone that is doing like what I'm doing and just right. go into real estate deals like that. Um, if, and I tell them, if you love doing real estate and you want to learn all those skills, by all means, go and do it, but it's hard. And dude, I've made so many mistakes. Uh, I've, you know, every mistake in the book that you can possibly think of, I made it. You know, and uh, I discover a lot of ways not to do real estate. <laughs> All the wrong ways until you find the right way, right? Uh, <laughs> so what was your first deal? Was it wholesaling your first deals or flipping? Yeah, wholesaling was my very, very first deal. Um, I joined a, a, a RIA. I, I, I read a lot of books. Um, and then uh, I started going to a RIA and I met a couple of um, flippers. And so I knew what they were looking for. And then if I found a deal for one of them that they will more than likely buy it, right? So um, this is one of the mistakes I ever did. I went out and put bandy signs. And the first time I went out, I put three bandy signs, dude, three. Oh, wow. I, thought, I thought that was it, man. I thought I was going to get the phone <laughs> ringing off the hook and I got zero calls, right? Next week, I went out again and I put another three bandy signs. Nothing happened, dude. I was so pissed. I went and bought a hundred signs and I said, I don't care what happens. I'm just going to go and blanket the entire city with bandit signs. That when I did that, that's when I got my first deal. Mm -hmm. And now for everyone listening, uh, don't like, don't just go out blindly and put bandit signs, right? Some places it's illegal. 
but <laughs> the that was when I discovered that going big in marketing is the only way to go. You can't be sporadic doing like little things here and there, which I did. And I realized that was not the way. I will be doing like a little PPC, a little uh, Facebook marketing, a little bit of uh, this and that, you know? So it's just like nothing was really yielding any results until I, I, I just went pretty big on one thing and then that started yielding results. That's crazy. Um, so you went to wholesaling and and did you get in heavy into uh, flipping or did it kind of just transition a little bit of flipping and then into multifamily? No, actually. So we still have that company. We have right now 31 team members in the wholesaling flipping company mm. uh, and we're still running it. Uh, we started that in 2018. And so I'm not really too involved in it anymore. Uh, I knew that I wanted to transition over to multifamily, but since we already have something built with wholesaling and flipping, uh, we don't want to just cut it and stop it. Uh, we figure, hey, we can probably figure out a way to grow the team a little bit better and um, and then remove ourselves from the day-to-day -day operations. Uh, we can just use it as a, an extra source of income. And we, we're there, you know, we, we did that. And uh, it still requires us to jump back in every once in a while and put out fires. Uh, mm -hmm. But other than that, I mean, I'm not, we're not like putting deals on a contract or selling them. Every Someone in the team uh, is taking care of everything. Okay. That's amazing to have a machine like that. Uh, would you say your income from flying helped start you in the real estate or? You not really. So, dude, when I started flying in the first year, that was in 2013. Back then, I don't know if you have any pilots listening, but dude, we got paid $25,000 a year flying. It was, it was the regionals, right? And Oh, and that's like, why. Okay. Like, dude, you were even lucky. Like you did not, did I get paid for, I think I got paid for like 700 bucks a month for training. And they will, they will tell me like, consider yourself lucky because the previous guys did not, get paid at all for training so training is usually like three months um so the it, it pay was very little um at the time that i was prior to me leaving i, I don't think i ever made them fifty thousand dollars a year wow yeah it's wow. crazy i could have stayed and um uh, made obviously if you stay long enough and you're a captain at a major uh, I think isn't isn't your dad a, cap, a captain for someone? No, okay. I was talking. Not that I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're if you're a uh, even if you're a first officer at a major after year two, you're already above two hundred thousand dollars, right? Wow. And I think top top of the scale right now is three hundred eighty thousand yeah. dollars. So um, you just got to stick with it long enough to make it to the majors, but. Um, it, 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 when I was in, there was like a phase of majors not hiring as much as they are right now. Uh, mm. The pandemic just set everybody on like a hiring spree. And uh, they thought that pilots were doomed for a lot of years after the pandemic, but they did not realize how quickly the, the uh, economy was going to recover as far as traveling goes. And yeah. right now they're like having so much trouble finding pilots to come fly for them. It, yeah. It's insane. yeah 
It's insane. What, what did you get your type rate? Uh, this this is going to be over everybody's because it's not real estate related. But what did you get your type rating in um, initially? In the Embraer 145. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it's pretty it's, cool. So, so basically, you started with regionals and then you just kind of left at regionals. Yeah, yeah. And believe it or not, I still have that little chip in my shoulder wanting to go back and fly for the majors. Not just just to say I got the shirt and I did it. Uh, <laughs> rather than like, I don't care about going and, and like, I don't, I don't have the patience or the desire to stay there long enough to like see the fruits of the seniority payoff. Yeah. Uh, and, but I, I'll do it just to say I did it, you know? So I still, I still debate to myself and I talked to my wife about it and she says, well, you know, if you want to do it, go do it. Um, but then I think it's not, a, it's not that easy, you know, like going back you have to always, you always start at the bottom of mm -hmm. the list, right? So I'll yeah. be in reserve. I'll be the most junior guy. And uh, who knows how long it will take before I get a line and I actually have a schedule and then I'll be commuting. Yeah. Commuting is horrible, dude. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that's sort of the things that hold me back. But uh, still, you know, so every once in a while, I think about going back and just flying for, for fun. I, I pick up flights here and there just for, for fun. Like, uh, a buddy of mine called me the other day to see if I could ferry this one flight, uh, this one plane from, uh, it was from Michigan down to Fort Lauderdale. They had just finished painting it and they needed mm -hmm. someone with a type rating for that, for the Embraer 145. So mm -hmm. I'll sure I'll do it, man. And <laughs> it was fun. That sounds like a lot of fun, man. I, can, yeah. I can't wait till we, uh, till we, I, I, actually we had our, uh, our business meeting um, on Monday. So yesterday I was telling my partner, like, Everything that I'm doing is really just to buy a jet. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. And, and maybe a car. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't fake the jet. Um, yeah. I, I'm the same way. Uh, a lot of people, uh, the, you know, they they uh, they ask me if I ever like, oh, the airlines are paying so much. You know, you should go back to flying. And uh, yeah, I know there's potential in. To do a lot more money so to me it's not about the money that i can make at the airlines you know there's a lot more potential in business uh as far as scalability and the things that you can do that uh the bull side for me as well is like dude if i can own my if i can own my own jet like why will yeah. i not do that yeah you know? if i can own a 737 why would i <laughs> right <laughs> right uh what's john travolta we just be like john travolta and own our planes <laughs> yeah why not be like john travolta right yeah that's cool um so tell me about you guys are going into a deal now tell me about that yeah so that deal is um this one is a an, it was an off-market deal uh a broker from Cal the, the actual owners of this property are out of state and they were not keeping up with the property um mm -hmm. the broker that got a hold of that property uh reached out to the, our, our partners and um, our partners are heavy in that specific Dallas market, and which is one of the things that I love about when I partner with other uh, operators to take down deals uh, is that they're very focused on those specific markets. Uh, so this will be their eighth property in that specific soap market. And that broker reached out directly to them and say, hey, uh, we have this property is completely off market. Um, the owners are just wanting to uh, get it off their hands. 
Um, they have not kept up with increasing rents for the units. And so we're acquiring the property at a super um, cheap, super low basis. Uh, we're acquiring uh, this property at $127,000 per door. Our partners had purchased a, a similar, a comparable property uh, just on the road uh, six months ago for $153,000 a door. So we're getting it nearly $20,000 less per door for a similar property. Mm -hmm. um, so this is, is a very exciting deal. Uh, very excited to go in and, and uh, do this one. Total purchase price is $24 million. Um, and so we're raising about $10 million for that deal right now. We're almost done raising the entire. Uh, okay. What is, uh, what is senior debt asking you for? It sounds like 25%, 30%. Yeah, so we're actually, so we're coming in with um, a total loan to cost will be around 65%. So we're bringing in about 20, uh, the total, the, the loan will be around $20 million. Okay. Wow, we're at 65% right now. That's crazy. Yeah, we've been, um, we've been, we have been, talked to any lenders recently about um, what the LTV is, but we've been hearing through our partners and my, my partner is an attorney as well, securities attorney. And he's been seeing a lot of, a lot of interesting things going on in the mortgage industry on the commercial side. Um, Cause you know, normally the, the normal is 20%, maybe 25%. Um, yeah. And now to be at 30, 35%. That's yeah, a, that's a big difference when you're raising that much money. Right, right. Yeah, and absolutely. Like the returns, obviously, if we raised, uh, if we got, uh, uh, we got more leverage on the property, uh, and only raised uh, twenty five percent of that, then then the uh, returns will be a lot greater. But also the risk, the risk goes up, right? And um, so. I don't, I don't personally like that. I saw somebody in LinkedIn the other day, I think it was just yesterday, uh, say that if you're not over leveraging your deals, then you're not confident on your uh, business plan and your, and your deal and you should have been buying it. I'm like, dude, that's, that's a totally ridiculous advice to be given to people, you know, it's like, it's like <laughs> just cause you feel confident doesn't mean you should go and over leverage a property, you know, it's like, yeah. uh, so just, uh, Another thing is is the type of debt that you're acquiring, right? A lot of property, uh, a lot of people were buying uh, properties with uh, uh, floating rates. Uh, so you'll get a bridge loan with floating rates, and uh, hopefully you bought an interest rate cap. Most most uh, lenders require it, right? And we do have uh, other uh, syndications with uh, bridge loans that have um, floating rates, but we obviously have an interest rate cap. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but on this one, knowing the way, obviously we don't know what the market was going to do. Right. But, um, on this one going in already knowing that the market and the interest rates are, uh, rising and they're scheduled to rise another, uh, 50 basis points here in, in December. Right. So, uh, we're not even going to entertain the thought of getting a floating rate loan. <laughs> be yeah. Floating all of your profits away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, why would we, yeah. Just eliminate any 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 variances that we can. Yeah. How did you get into multifamily? So I'm I'm I know you okay, so you were a pilot. Your wife was uh was or is a real estate agent. 
Um, and then you kind of took the track through the wholesale route and flipping. But how did a multifamily come on your radar? Yeah, so it's interesting that I always, uh, I don't even know why. I just like that the apartments were just big. And for some reason, something in me just felt attracted to the bigger, the bigger, the better. Um, and I always thought when I started in real estate, in fact, the person that told me uh, to start like, that told me, hey man, you know, there's this whole selling thing that you can probably do. Uh, my first, I had first approaching by asking him like, dude, I want to, I want to get into apartments and like multifamily. Like, how do I do that? And that for this person didn't know at the time. So his advice was like, dude, start with wholesaling. Like you can right. start doing this, you know? <laughs> So I thought that was the way to go, right? I thought I had to start small with single families. And um, so I, I just started grinding and going down that path. And as I was doing that, I was kind of having my my target up in the multifamily. And, and every once in a while, I'll pull my head out and see, okay, where, where am I in relation to my target of getting to multifamily? And I thought I had to make enough cash to have the down payment for uh, a property on my own, right? I didn't know there was such thing as syndications or partnerships or that I could even just raise capital and bring the capital to a deal. Zero idea, right? Um, so I I had all my books. I understood the underwriting. I understood the uh, multifamily business model um, and the numbers. I just did not know that there was this syndication thing, right? And mm -hmm. so I will, I will study uh, multifamily and uh, only to think that, okay, I got to keep on grinding and I got to keep uh, uh, piling up cash for my down payment until I don't know at what point, I don't know if it was a podcast. I don't know if it was, uh, maybe it was a Mestros Gallery podcast uh, where I heard this, but uh, I don't know what it was, but somewhere I, I learned that um, you can raise capital and you can be part of a deal. And right. that just led me down the path of figuring out, okay, how, how can I do this, right? How can I uh, raise capital and, 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 and add value to operators? Um, and another thing that sort of stopped me on my tracks a couple of times was the fact that um, you can't, uh, if most, for most deals that we do are 100 units plus, and for a broker to bring you a deal of that size, uh, you have to have a track record showing that you can do deals like that. And me just having done single family homes, I have nothing to show for a hundred unit plus deal. And so you can really um, build a track record by um, raising capital and, and getting involved in deals with other operators. And uh, eventually you can just leverage them and their the track record, you know, to uh, start getting more deal deal flow from brokers. Yeah, um, that's one of the things that we we teach as well. Is yeah, if you don't if you don't have it, partner with somebody else who does. Um, <clears throat> so for the the deal that you're doing now, is is it value add? It's value add, yeah. So it's 196 okay. units. Uh, value add we're gonna renovate um the first year we're gonna re renovate 84 units uh second year i think is 73 and the last year like 30 something okay oh so you're gonna do the whole thing was that so you're gonna you're gonna renovate the entire property yeah that's, so that's, that's the, the plan 
that's the plan yeah yeah we'll see you know if in three years from now or actually less less than that you know you never know uh if we obviously get an offer and we can hit uh returns then we'll just uh, get out of it but uh as of right now we're expected to be in the deal for five years and i think it's more and more we're, we're uh, pushing investors to set the right expectations that uh i think a lot of investors have seen the returns that everybody's getting of the two-year year and a half to year and you're doubling your money. And I think uh, it's time to reset those expectations for people to know that um, those were that very, very <laughs> right. Expect uh, now, expect to be in the deal for five years, you know. What, um, to just regurgitate some information from your, um, I don't want to call it a pitch, but from your, your, your call a few minutes ago, what do you guys, what have you targeted as your IRR or your APR, however you are presenting your returns? Yeah, the IRR on this deal is uh, 16.5, uh, 1.87 equity multiple. Uh, I, so this is on the conservative side, and I think most people are always, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, we are projecting our exit on the cap rate uh, much much higher than what's is than what coaster is projecting that it will be in five years we're projecting even higher than that right so like mm -hmm. we're we're uh planning for the worst so right. even even just a small if we were to sell we're planning a sell at 5.5 cap even if we were to sell at a 5.25 cap will be uh nearly a 2.2 equity multiple right yeah how is uh this probably the the biggest question how have you seen the environment for investors um, currently? Do they seem like they still have the same willingness to at least look at deals or are they shying away right now from what you've seen? Dude, it's very mixed. I can't, um, I've been asked this a couple of times and I can't really uh, point, uh, put people like on one side of the spectrum. I think, uh, uh, what I'm seeing is I get this group of investors who uh, have always been very heavy on the stock market and they know that they need to put their money somewhere. Mm -hmm. And as they're looking at all their options to them, they look at real estate and they say, well, this is probably the best option for us among all of the options that we have. Uh, mm -hmm. They don't want to put, keep their money in the stock market. So they, they still, regardless of what's going on in the market, they still gravitate to real estate. So I got a lot of guys uh, doing that right now. Uh, I have other investors who are very new to the game that just don't want to make a move, right? They they don't they don't they've never invested in real estate. Um, they are worried about what they hear in the news and mm -hmm. uh, what what's going on in the stock market. So they would rather just stay in the sidelines for who knows when, right? Uh, and um, then I got the investors that have always invested in deals, and those guys are ready to roll as long as the deal, as long as they they like the deal. Yeah, as long as it as long as it pencils. Yeah. So what's the um I know this is kind of a, a difficult question. What is the 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 goal? What is the overall goal? Is it the ten thousand doors or a certain kind of uh amount of passive income or liquid? What 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 point are you kind of targeting towards? Yeah. Um interestingly enough, man, I don't I don't think I get driven by like financial freedom or cash flow doesn't really attract me um if you were to tell me like hey man you don't have to work uh at all 
starting today. I'll be, I'll be bored as shit next week. You know, uh, <laughs> say <laughs> so. Like a lot of people preach their financial freedom, and I think it's a good target to go for. But to me, it's like I'm not interested in it. You know, uh, yeah. I'm interested in a lot of money. I'm just not interested in in not doing anything. Um, right. So, um, my goal, man. Um, I don't know if you see this book right here. Is um, what he takes from Stephen Schwarzman. He's a CEO, founder of Blackstone. Uh, mm. I'm a big, big uh, idol of that dude. You know, uh, I, I, I love what they've done with Blackstone, and I really envision doing something that big. So I want to really lean big into the private equity space. And uh, right now, it's just uh, multifamily and real estate, but I want to keep expanding that into um, essentially model after like what Blackstone has done. That's yeah, that's, that's my that's my big man. Audition. That's a big goal. <laughs> <laughs> if you need some help on that, well, let me know. I love to be on the uh, the, the the co-pilot seat of that one, dude. Is I dude? If you can grab that book, it's probably the reason why. Like, it sounds so crazy, but the reason why is I just feel it's so attainable is because he starts off with the book by saying that he's the he doesn't have any special skills. He's not. He doesn't consider himself smarter than anyone else. In fact, if he were to apply at his company today, he don't think he will get he will get hired. You know, so just uh, he gets expense a little bit more on that, right? But uh, no zero connections. Just a normal kid that grew up in like a middle class neighborhood in in uh, Pennsylvania. So all of that, really? stuff, yeah. So now, now I gotta read the book. Where's my phone at? <laughs> uh, yeah. Let me get to my notes so I can remember. He started that company with his partner. Each one of them put uh, $200,000 into the company. And uh, shit, they're like the biggest uh, real estate holder in the world, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Just just going from seeing him explain that in detail, where he came from, or where they're at now, it's just, it's just very attainable. Where, you know, like you're like, damn, I can do that too. What's the name of the book again? It's what it takes. What it takes. Okay. Actually, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to put it in my Audible now. Audible sends me messages every other day. Don't lose your credits. Like, how many books you want me to download? Yeah. <laughs> um, what it takes. I'm going to get it right now. What it takes. Yeah, I would have thought uh, yeah, by Steve. Thanks, Julie. <laughs> Julie's texting me uh, the name of the book. Okay, I, I just downloaded it. Um, yeah, I would have, I, I would have never assumed that a company like that would have had humble beginnings because I know people in, I know people in that financial space and the numbers that they play around with is we deal with big numbers. I mean, you're, you're looking at a, a 20 something million dollar property. I had a conversation with, with a gentleman and he said, the guys went fly fishing over the weekend and tossed around the idea of throwing together a hedge fund. So they would scrape up some money real quick, maybe over the next couple, this is a recent conversation, like three months ago, three, four months ago, they would just scrape up some money and maybe from between Friday and Monday, they can probably come up with a couple hundred million. 
<laughs> so I'm knowing that there are people that exist out there. Um, and I think really only the nerds and the people in that space know the names outside of the, uh, the hedge fund managers. There's, there's money out there that, you know, is uncomprehendable. If that's, I just made a new word, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, on our level, you know, because they're, especially when you're dealing with banks, because they're transacting on billion dollar levels. And, you know, we're, we're like, oh man, I'm struggling to raise 50 million or 20 million or whatever we're trying to do for that year. So yeah, that, that, that really blows my mind that he now, you know, maybe he met somebody. <laughs> no, dude. Um, like, I gotta read the book. Read the book, man. It's, it's straight up, uh, like he puts it all out there, you know, like step by step, how he went from that little kid to uh, what they are today. It's pretty impressive, dude. Wow. Yeah. So how has your life changed being um, a broke airline pilot? I didn't know those exist. <laughs> broke <laughs> airline pilot? <laughs> um, dude, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have many um, luxuries, I guess you can say. I fly first class. Uh, that's my non-negotiable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I won't fly unless, unless I can't. Go. I mean, Do you I have a favorite airline? Nah, um, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care which one it is. Um, I guess as long as it's one of the big three, uh, United, Delta, or American. No spirit. <laughs> no spirit. Yeah, dude, I, I will. I, I recently, where did I go? I will actually wants to go look at a property in uh, Houston. And uh, the spirit, there was a spirit flight that will get me there just a little bit earlier. Um, and it was like so cheap, right? But I was like, dude, there's no way. I just can't see myself getting on a spirit flight, you know? And I don't mean to be like, douchey or or, or yeah, riding, you know, but it's yeah. like and you know what the funny story is i on that flight uh um so i went on united they were united same flight uh same route and obviously i went first class and then uh i met this lady who might be a potential investor uh on that flight and from sitting on first class you know so like to me is is not just uh pain to be more comfortable it's pain to yeah. uh, for the people that are around you and yeah. um, she owns a she owns a company where she places um, high level um, integrators into your company if you need wow. to, like an operator to jump in and yeah. start uh, putting the business to uh, piecing the pieces to get putting the pieces together right which at the time was very useful to to us in our wholesaling and flipping company um, and but so you know to me it was like that's to me is worth the money that I'm paying to be there right so it's not just uh, oh, I'm flying first class. It's like, dude, I know the people that are there are also uh, yeah. worth to be around. Oh, you know? uh, man, I got a story for you. Um, so my business partner only flies first class. And I have another friend who 90% of the time flies first class. And having a conversation with both of them, they're like, you don't fly first class? And I'm like, sometimes I'm, I'm not a big guy. I'm five, six, you know, so, you know, it, I, it doesn't bother me really one way or another. And, you know, if it's an international flight, then yeah. But if, if I'm going to, I don't know, Carolinas or something, it, it whatever. Um, I have, I have the, the credit card that automatically makes me first class if I get on Delta, but I don't care. So we had a business trip um, with the team, uh, I think it was last month. 
and I flew coach and, you know, and my partner flew first class and I promise I only do this for me, but every time I get on a flight, I pull out four flight and watch the plane go around. I, so the lady was sitting next to me and she said, um, I'm used to people asking me, Hey, what is that on your, on your iPad? And I don't, I promise I don't do it for people to ask me. I do it just because it's really cool to see the plane take off, you know, real time. And so people normally ask me, you know, what is that? I say it's a, a pilot app, whatever, whatever. So this um, older lady, she's probably in her late 60s, is asking me about my iPad. But she was asking me about how to get on the Internet. But I thought she said, you know, what is that app? I said, oh, it's a pilot app. She says, I know that's for flight, but I'm trying to figure out how to get on on the Wi-Fi. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> how do you know what four flight is? So we <laughs> up a conversation and she begins to show me pictures of her TBM that they been flying around on. Um, they had just recently sold it. They own retail and all kind of, uh, they don't own any multifamily. They do uh, mostly commercial, you know, outside of multifamily. But yeah, I'm like, I'm in coach and I'm still networking with what well, TBM is what million, million, two million. Yeah. yeah Not an airplane. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's my non flying and first class story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I truly lucked up, but yeah, I do think there is a, um, a benefit of flying in first class. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and I've gotten first class sometimes and like people are just not even talking to you. Right. So it's like, right. Oh my gosh, whatever. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, aside from that, <laughs> I don't have any like, dude. I drive a Silverado, man. I don't, I don't drive. I know you're a big into cars. Yeah, uh, I love nice cars, um, but I don't, I, I don't have like a nice car. You know, it's just a normal Silverado. Um, I find it useful for carrying stuff around, and um, I, I, someday maybe I'll buy me a Lamborghini or something like that. I, I know that I will buy it and drive it for a little bit, and then I will be like. I don't need it anymore, you know. Yeah. Uh, but that's it, man. Aside from that, that's I, when I do something. Though I do, I want us to do the thing. Like, if we're gonna go watch a, uh, we went to watch Kevin Hart uh, a couple months ago, mm -hmm. and my wife wanted to like be conscious about the spending on the Kevin Hart show, and I'm like, dude, no, we're we're buying the fucking. I want to smell his shoes, you know. Right. Uh, right. we're gonna be there in front so right. we're gonna do a, a thing we're gonna do it like the best you know i don't right. want us to be uh scraping to be at, at at the very back you know or like not enjoying the full experience because we're trying to be cheap i'd rather yeah. do less experiences but the ones that we do we do them to the max sounds like my vacations my wife and i pretty much up until this day she would send me pictures or links and she's like how are all of these people taking these like amazing vacations? She's like, babe, I'm pretty sure you make more money than all of them. And they're like every year and come to find out, you know, this is, this is not true for everybody. But when my wife and I go on a vacation, which is very rare and it's, it's always our anniversary, we do it up. Nicest hotel, everything. Um, but we only go like we went uh, to Costa Rica this year yeah this year and then before that it was five years ago so we don't do it a lot 
but when we do it, we, we do it big. But I also, I like the way you kind of explain like, hey, it's not that I'm cheap, it's just I'm not really a car guy. Because I meet so many people that I'm trying to introduce to the multifamily world, uh, or you see a lot of people on Facebook, and they're like, oh, rich people don't drive, you know, they, they wear Payless shoes. And I'm like, I know a lot of very wealthy people. Wealthy people spend money on what they like. That's just it. Some people like cars. Some people like shoes. Uh, my friend stayed across the street from a guy. He had regular car. Well, he had Mercedes because he's just ridiculously rich. But no one knew um, that he had a million dollar sound system in his basement. I mean, his house was like four or five million. But he had just the sound system was a million dollars. Wow. That's what he liked. So he didn't have any Ferraris or Lamborghinis or anything like that. But, you know, we, they spend the money on what they like. So right. um, our thing is airplanes. So, you know, man, I, I think when people hear how much the, the maintenance costs and hangar fees and insurance costs, the Lamborghini prices was like chump chains. Like we bought oh, yeah. that a year yeah. with airplanes. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I've seen that meme thrown around too. Um, I saw it just last week of some dude posting that it's like a two photo. One guy has like very nice clothes and says this guy is the poor, and then the guy with the, like the simple clothes says this guy is rich. And I'm like, I I usually don't go and bashing people's comments, but that one I was like, I have to say something uh, yeah. because I'm like, and I put it there like, dude, the, like they're they're totally unrelated. Like money and the clothes <laughs> you wear is like has nothing to do with each other, you know? And it's like exactly what you said. Some people will spend money on the things that they like. Um yeah. I think people post those things because they want to make themselves feel feel good if they're not if they're not putting in the work uh to learn and to do the things that it is required to make more money, then yeah. um they will put post stuff like that to say, well, you know, um I'm 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 rich. That's why I don't wear nice clothes, you know, or rich you know, dad, poor dad. Rich dad, yeah. poor dad. It was just, it's a mentality. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, all right. So how do people contact you? Um, if you know, they, they, they like your care because people invest in you. They don't necessarily, they don't so much invest in the deal. They invest in you and how you present yourself to be able to uh, operate a, a property. So if an investor is listening right now um, or watching or whatever, how do they contact you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the best ways to get, in, to get in contact with me, I'm always available. Um, and something I like to differentiate myself from uh, other investors is, uh, and I'm part of a lot of masterminds, and uh, they preach to uh, put sort of a barrier between you and your investors so that you see yourself uh, like, your time is more important than uh, speaking to an investor. So I'm, I don't like that. I'm always available. I like to keep that open line with all of my investors. Obviously just don't abuse, don't like call me all day throughout the day. Right. But uh, <laughs> uh, the, but all my information is on my website. So if you go to my website, bernhardcapital.net, uh, my phone number is there. My email is there. Um, just reach out to me, um, send me an email, uh, shoot me a text. And, uh, but aside from that, I do have something of, I always like to give people something of value and I have an ebook, uh, where I go and I lay out, uh, the entire blueprint on syndications. You can literally grab that ebook and look at someone's deals, uh, other operators deals and, um, 
determine whether that's a good deal or not. I have there like what what should be like the right uh, uh, fees that the syndication should be charging. Uh, what will be like a conservative underwriting? What you should expect to see for uh, expenses. So you can literally grab that and just like go over the uh, underwriting and kind of tell that whether it's a good deal or not. Um, so if you want to grab that book, go to bernhardcapital.net forward slash ebook and it's completely free. I'm going to definitely download that. I, I download a lot of stuff. Uh, it's somewhere up here. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I always either try to support somebody else's program or um, learn from somebody else. So I'll definitely go, go there and download that and put a spiral on it. I got a whole, you can't see that from here. I got a whole spiral maker and everything. Nice. Uh, binder, right. book binder. Um, what would be your advice for somebody looking, hey, both, looking to get go to the, the pilot route or looking to get into real estate? Um, my advice would be to uh, first figure out what is it that you want as the end goal. And once you know that, then uh, go full force at it. Uh, don't, don't, don't hold back. I think a lot of times uh, from my previous endeavors, I I hesitate on making a decision just because we see people that are in the space that we want to be in and we see them as more talented or uh, that they have some attributes that we don't, but the reality is that that's not true. That's just the way we perceive them. Um, so whatever it is, if you're hesitant to take the step just because you don't think you're capable, uh, ignore that thought and just fucking go full force at it. You know, if you want to be a pilot, do whatever it takes, whatever uh, you will make mistakes and, but just go at it and do it. Uh, same goes with real estate. Oh, you know what? I had a question I, I meant to ask you earlier. How much, if any, financially have you put into either coaching programs uh, I'm sure you spent money on masterminds, but wh what do you think that number is to date, ballpark? Like everything. Uh, so just to, just this year, I spent twenty five thousand. Um, last like year, you. you don't make me feel bad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just this year, I dude, I paid this one guy a thousand dollars for. We did a uh, 15 hour coach, uh, 15 hour coaching calls. And I paid him a thousand bucks for every hour that he, that we just got on a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, man, uh, I, I, you know, you, you're showing me the books. Uh, I did on books. I have. Oh, wow. I got Trump. <laughs> I have uh, thousands of dollars spent in books. Um, and um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm always paying. Um, I, I just, I like very close relationship, uh, coaching as, as opposed to like very commercialized. So, um, I just reach out to, um, a guy that I like and that is very big into a family office space. And, um, I asked him if he was open to doing uh, any sort of mentorship and, uh, he, I know he doesn't have a coaching program, you know? And, and I was like, I don't, I don't want you to sell me a course. I want you I want, I want to pay for your time to, uh, to learn from you, you know? So that's yeah. sort of like the coaching that I like. Um, I'm a tag in a friend. Cause my friend, uh, Angel, what's our friend's name who, uh, in Canada who, uh, oh, Edmund has, 
Yes. Edmund. Um, Edmund Chen. Yeah, C-H-E-I-N or I-E-N. Um, he, he's in the family. He's, you can just look him up on LinkedIn, but he's in the family was in the family office space and he does he does coaching so oh cameras here so <laughs> you're looking for additional um additional outlets or you know somebody to speak to or maybe just uh he's man he's so amazing he uh What's his name edmund and chin c-h-e-i-n or i-e-n very vis visible on linkedin um, I was able to have a, um, I mean, I've spoken to him many times, but our first phone call was probably 30 minutes and the amount of nuggets he, he gave me in that short amount of time. Um, cause as you know, family office is a, it's a, it's a hard nut to crack. It's a very interesting space and you have to be, I think, and I would say you have to be just as focused as we are in multifamily as getting to the family offices to you know get their checks and be visible to them because they get 500 or 1000 emails a day and it's like you know send it to a VA to to open them and see what I need to actually you know look at right. um wow so i appreciate that thanks angel um i put his linkedin in the q and a also okay awesome. thank you do you guys um, have any questions for Satch before I um, let him go? No questions. Okay, Satch. Everybody at once. Um, I know, right? Um, it might be something on Facebook, but um, so I appreciate you, man. I You're in Florida, right? Yeah, in Florida, in Orlando. We, we are looking at some potential some potential deals and or going there to look at other potential deals or you know what we can find we have um some relationships in florida so uh you might be in dallas waste you know actually we'll be in florida um we're going to fun launch so i know we'll be in florida in may but when you're in dallas uh let me know so i can uh i'll fly my little cherokee up there my 180 <laughs> that's awesome uh -huh. dude uh yeah you're I'm transitioning right? to a Cirrus. Yeah, I'm in Houston. You say you're used to a Cirrus? I'm no, I'm I'm about to transition into a Cirrus. Oh, I love it. I learned how to fly in a Cirrus. That's really yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I love the Cirrus. Yeah, um, they're they're nice, man. Um yeah. I, I love my school and it's an I will recommend the school to everybody. They're they they're I think one of the only schools in the United States that has a United States that has a board of ethics or ethics wow. board or whatever. But man, when I tell you flying those 40 year old airplanes are kind of nerve. <laughs> yeah. They get a lot of um, maintenance done to them, but you know, the Cirrus, because you know, they're, they're newer, it just, you know, it's nicer to be in leather and. <laughs> yeah, this feels so much nicer. And yeah, dude, that's, uh, I don't know if it's just because I learned how to fly in the Cirrus. Uh, I did not fly SS now until I was already thousand hours in. Wow. And so when I first got into Cessna, I was like, what is this thing, man? Like, yeah. this is just feels so like, it just feels like getting into a shitty car, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so. How many hours do you have? Like 5,000. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You, you can go right into the major airlines. 
yeah yeah i i could um i could i'm i'm yeah and but i don't know man as <laughs> i'll, I'll love to just, I'll, 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 I'll rather just fly with you man i'd rather just uh, i'll take it we go flying yeah i'd rather do uh, that kind of flying it. Okay, my, my last pilot question. Um, I, I yeah. tried, I did good. I tried not to get too far off into uh, pilot stuff because <laughs> it's a real estate podcast. Um, oh, you went to training though. I was going to ask you what is the typical cost to get type rated because I know, you know, PPL and IFR are, you know, they're 10, 15 grand, but type rating I heard is way, way different. Yeah, you're probably looking at around 25, 30 grand for a typewriting. It, it fluctuates on what it is, but typically you can expect to pay about 25 to 30. Uh, the airlines, they pay for you though, so you don't have to okay. pay. But, uh, but yeah, that's typically what it costs. Well, we're buying our own plane, so I'm going to have to go on my You might own have to get typewriting, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'll write it off. <laughs> yeah. That would be neat. Right, at, least, at least to know how to fly it and something happens, you can step in, but otherwise, don't call me. <laughs> All right, well, man, uh, make make a promise when you come to uh, DFW, uh, look at that deal, you hit me up, shoot me a DM or something, and uh, we'll go hang out. Um, I don't know if there's any uh, good $100 hamburgers in your by your way, but we'll find something. Okay, sounds good, man. Yeah, we're closing that property uh, January uh, 6th, I think. So I'm okay. sure I'll be out there in, sometime in December. Okay, cool, man. I'll see you soon. Cool, yeah. All right, Presley. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on the show. And uh, I hope I added some value to your listeners. Yes. And if I can be of help to anybody, I'm always open. Yes, I appreciate it. All right, guys. I thank you for uh, for joining as well, and everybody on on all the the all the things, the, all the social medias and stuff. Um, I'll see everybody. Oh, this is the last one, so I'll see everybody in January. <laughs> Satch, I'll see you all soon. Right, nice, awesome. Bye, yep. All right. Bye, thank everybody. You, Bye.